Hey there everyone, I'm Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and in today's episode we're going to be talking about the halfling. When most new players think of halflings, they probably assume that they're the exact same as hobbits from Tolkien's work. And that's pretty fair, especially since in earlier editions of D&D they heavily borrowed from that source material. But to say that it's still the same with D&D 5e, I think would be to diminish what halflings can bring to the table. This race may be short in stature, but they have a wide array of interesting abilities that I think can build some really remarkable characters, and we're going to go over all of that in today's episode. Standing at only three feet tall, halflings rarely cause the same suspicion that you'd find with a tiefling or a half-orc. They're known for being jovial, practical, and very easygoing. And you'll often find them in many different communities because of their ability to get along with pretty much anyone. They are incredibly dedicated to their friends, and though they are known for their affable nature, they can also be fierce fighters and absolutely steadfast allies for anyone that they care about. This loyalty is what makes them so popular among many different communities and races alike. And though they prefer the countryside and things like that, don't be surprised to find a halfling in the city or just about any setting that you come across. Halflings tend to be very nimble, and as a result, they start with a plus two to dexterity. In addition to this, their nimbleness allows them to move through any space of a creature larger than them. Since they're small, this means that they're able to move through spaces occupied by humans or elves, managing to slip through legs or around the side before continuing to their target destination. Despite their size, they are also known for being brave, and that works out to having advantage against any saving throws that are related to becoming frightened. Finally, halflings are also lucky, and this leads to one of the most life-saving mechanics of the game. Anytime a halfling rolls a critical failure, a natural one, they may re-roll the dice and then take a new number. This trait has saved many halfling characters in campaigns that I have run, and I guarantee there are plenty more of you out there that have seen this in action. There are two sub-races for the halfling, the lightfoot and the stout. The lightfoot tend to be the most nomadic of the halflings, and because of this they get a plus one to charisma as well as the ability to hide even when only barely obscured by something like, say, a creature of medium height. You can definitely see how something like this would be very useful for the rogue class. The subrace of the stout are much hardier than their lightfoot counterparts and believe themselves to have dwarven blood flowing through their veins. As a result of this, they have a plus one to constitution and also have an advantage against saving throws that involve poison. They also have the dwarven trait resistance to poison, which is useful for just about anyone in an adventuring group. Like many other races, halflings tend to have a given name and a family name. However, oftentimes they may have a nickname for something that they're best known for within the halfling community. Over time, it's not uncommon for some families to completely replace their last name with this nickname. And that's how you'll get a lot of families that have last names that sound like their nicknames. Something like Apple Picker or Berry Gatherer or Ale Brewer. So what are the best classes for my halfling character? Well, it's a little hard to have this conversation without first acknowledging the obvious, which is that they are perfect for the rogue class. Whether it be because of their ability to hide or blend in, or because of their opening stat blocks, or because they just have traits like Lucky that allow them to re-roll ones on stealth rolls and things like that, you can definitely see how just about all of the things that make a halfling a halfling can also make them a perfect rogue. Even from a story perspective, it makes sense that someone with an affable nature would be able to blend in quite easily regardless of wherever they go. And because of their popularity in just about every community that they come across, no one's exactly going to be 
weirded out or thrown off guard by seeing a halfling character pop up somewhere, even if they're trying to just sneak around and have a bit more of a nefarious purpose than they may let on. Right below Rogue, I would say that Ranger and Monk are also good choices for your halfling character because of their dependence on dexterity. However, I would give a slight edge to the Ranger just because that same stealthiness that helps a halfling navigate the city would be equally useful out in the forest where a Ranger can use a spell like Pass Without a Trace for an extra plus 10 to stealth. A dexterity-based fighter that focuses on bows and ranged weapons is a pretty powerful option if not a little unconventional, but to be even more unconventional than that, I have to recommend the stout halfling barbarian if not only because that lucky trait allows you to re-roll critical failed attacks, giving you another chance to hit. Now let's talk about the Luckiest Adventurer build, which is one of my favorite in the game not just because I think it's fun, but also because it will put your DM to the ultimate test. The point of this build is not necessarily optimization, it's to create a fun character who can stumble their way through even the most challenging adventure despite all odds stacked against them. The key here is luck. You build a halfling wizard with a focus on divination and you take the lucky feat at level 4. You can kind of see where this is going. You're creating a fantasy Mr. Magoo. Mechanically, this means as a halfling, you get to re-roll any time you roll a 1. You can re-roll 3 dice per long rest because of the lucky feat, and as a divination wizard, you get to roll 2d20 at the beginning of the day and, at any time, replace your or another die roll with those d20s. This gives your halfling an insane ability to change rolls at any time, or change the fates, so to speak. Instead of playing it like you're a master of the arcane, though, you can play it as though you're someone that's just dodging bullets with no effort whatsoever. With the ability to conceivably change five dice rolls, including critical failures, you now have an adventurer that's a wizard bookworm, but also has everything just kind of work out for them without applying any of that real knowledge. Your DM will both love and hate you for playing this type of character. So as you can see, this is a surprisingly versatile and effective race that can add a lot of power and flair to even the most unconventional of characters. While I don't think they're going to catch up to humans in terms of popularity, I do think they're always going to have a sizable presence in the D&D community, not just because of their mechanical usage, but also because of the fact that playing a character that's just naturally small in stature, going out on an adventure and insurmountable odds, is kind of a theme that's inseparably tied to the fantasy genre, and I think a lot of people just sort of engage with that idea. Thank you guys so much for watching, I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new videos like this every week, and if you're making a halfling character that you're proud of, I would love to read about it down in the comments. I don't see a lot of them that are the same, unless they're trying to just lift something from Tolkien for the millionth time. <laughs> Thanks again for watching, guys. My name's Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.